Um, my name is Anna Maslewska and I'm a product manager looking after Aurelian's global layer two connectivity product portfolio. Quality is, is uh, remembered long after the, the, the price is forgotten. Catherine Speglia, and this is Well Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to be talking about Ethernet. And it's involving role in the connectivity space, especially with everything going on around 5G and Wi-Fi and all these wireless technologies. But we're going to get a little bit into what is happening in the Ethernet space. And I'm really looking forward to that. But first, what is an example of a time in which being a woman has empowered you? Uh, So I have uh, been trusted with a team very early on in my career. So as a young woman, I was managing a team of uh, um, uh, team members that were not only uh, older than me, but we're also a majority male. Um, and what has actually empowered me was to see that team succeed, um, you know, taking on the new responsibilities, running big projects and actually enjoying themselves. Uh, each of the team members have moved on uh, to, to different roles now, uh, but their success was definitely uh, truly in- empowering. Um, but I wouldn't uh, be able to do it without uh, another woman. Um, mentor uh, and manager who has trusted in my abilities. Um, I guess the beginnings of my career haven't been uh, all that uh, all that great with with some typically bad experiences, uh, you know, of a young um, woman uh, just out of technical university who uh, has moved into UK and has taken on a first line um, support role. Uh, facing some skeptical uh, colleague engineers and uh, and uh, some skeptical customers actually as, as well towards uh, you know women engineers calling in uh, first line support and and wanting to speak to an engineer meaning a male engineer I think it's uh, you know it's hard to trust your skills when your abilities are um, uh, questioned and um, and you just don't feel like uh, anything you say will actually be taken um, seriously. Um, but then uh, uh, on a flip side, it takes that one person to believe in you and you can achieve anything. Uh, and uh, I guess my advice is if you're a manager, be that person. I'm glad you brought up the customer thing because I actually don't think that's something that gets brought up a lot on this podcast or even talked about more broadly. It's one thing to tackle uh, judgment and prejudice in your own workplace with your own colleagues, but that their whole other layer there is if you have a customer facing role, you're dealing with all of your customers' judgments about who a technical person is as well. And that can really mm-hmm. impact your ability to do your job well. And you can have all the support in the world from your company and your colleagues, but if your customers are not seeing you for who you are, which is a knowledgeable expert, that's really a challenge. So I'm glad you brought up mm-hmm. that whole part of the equation. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that, that is a challenge as well. I think it, we, we moved on quite significantly and uh, 
uh, and there is a, a better understanding now on, on who an engineer is and that an engineer can be a woman and can be a man. Yeah, totally. Tell me a little bit about the company you work for and the role it plays in the telecom space. Aurelian, yes, it's a it's a new name for the industry, but it's uh, 25 years of experience uh, for telecoms uh, in the telecom space. So uh, formally, we've been Telia Carrier. Uh, we rebranded earlier this year as Aurelian. Um, and the new name is actually quite interesting. It's hard to say, <laughs> I think, at least as a, as a, you know, I'm not a native English speaker, but I think the history behind it is, is very interesting. It's uh, the concept of a ray of light signifying our global optical network, uh, connecting our customers as a partner you can rely on and together making Aurelian. Um, so I think that's, you know, it's a great name for a, 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 um, a connectivity provider. And, and, you know, we do operate a world's number one ranked global IP backbone. And, and that's, you know, that's what it's represented in that name. Uh, we provide connectivity in more than 125 countries globally. Uh, you know, we have this amazing high capacity backbone with 70,000 kilometers of fiber spanning across Europe, North America and Asia. Uh, we are on, on, in control of our fiber and we can provide um, high quality uh, connectivity services to our customers with low latency, and really best customer experience. So although traditionally, you know, we, we played in, the, in that larger service provider market, we're also selling cloud services, bandwidth DDoS mitigation services um, uh, to enterprise com uh, companies as well. So we, we are now moving more, more into that enterprise market. We also focus on private physical connectivity solutions, Ethernet and Waves, and Waves for that big capacity flows where, you know, uh, deterministic nature of the fiber path is, is very important. And Ethernet for uh, the high bandwidth, secure business critical connectivity use cases. Your particular area of focus is Ethernet. Mm -hmm. So tell me, in a world preoccupied with wireless technology, why Ethernet? So, you know, without connectivity, there's no realization of that wireless value, yeah? Uh, whether end user devices, um, like mobile devices or whatever um, iPods, iPads we use, uh, or edge devices uh, used in manufacturing or smart cities, really smart anything, the demand is on the network. So we need to prepare the underlying network for to deliver more of that uh, required bandwidth and adopt to those new use cases. So really, without you know, without the network, there is no wireless uh, value. So that's really the main uh, you know the main message here. Uh, and connectivity is value is part of that value proposition. Uh, with growing demands on on bandwidth, reliability, flexibility. Uh, cloud reachability, uh, layer to Ethernet connectivity is is definitely ticking all of those uh, all of those boxes. So I think, from my perspective, you know, um, with Ethernet, especially in terms of reliability, that's where it gets very uh, interesting. And over the last few years, we definitely have seen increase in the in the demand for diversity. Um, you know, outages are just not acceptable anymore and uh, 
uh, and the, the, the inbuilt resilience of, uh, of uh, Ethernet uh, over, delivered over MPLS is key. Uh, uh, we deliver um, layer two point-to-point uh, -point and any, any Ethernet services over this high-capacity MPLS backbone. It's logically separated from any other traffic. We offer uh, resilient uh, private connectivity up to 40 gig and you know it's dynamically rotated to avoid any uh, potential network failures and fiber breakages. So more or less, you know, uh, with this uh, new or with this wireless uh, technologies that that need this uh, secure and uh, and robust network to run, uh, I guess Ethernet is is one of those technologies that that can meet that requirement now. Yeah, you mentioned. Uh, the need for reliability and the fact that outages are just like not acceptable anymore in these, you know, critical use cases or even just consumers. Like we really want our, our connectivity to work and to be reliable. But what else would you say customers are looking for in connectivity providers these days? And has these things changed? And if so, what has kind of contributed to these changes? So, uh, you know, connectivity uh, may uh, seem to be a kind of a commodity, really, um, because that technology is uh, invisible to the end customer. Yeah? But um, really, the underlying network is, is key to the great customer experience for any overlay uh, application or service to work. So it's very clear that customers are now are now recognizing it. You know, even even if I think about myself as a consumer. You know, I want to have a, a, a fiber broadband, yeah, <laughs> because I want to make sure that my three kids, when they're watching Netflix, I can still have a, a video call that is not going to be interrupted, and uh, and that's only going to work if um, I have a good, reliable network provider. So, uh, you know, um, Aurelian has actually conducted uh, this uh, very interesting study, the Quest quest for network quality quite recently. And uh, we have interviewed um, 750 industry representatives involved in, in decision-making across US and UK and Germany uh, and France actually as well. Uh, and uh, I guess the, uh, as hard as it is to, uh, to define network quality, I think most of the uh, leaders recognize that network quality is key uh, and see uh, SLAs as, as, as that safety net for, for, for quality. Yeah? Although it's, it's not easy to define, customer experience is, is uh, undoubtedly on top uh, of uh, kind of network quality requirements. Yeah? So, so it's having a robust network, but also being able to provide a great customer, uh, customer experience. Um, so what uh, what we found in that study is that actually um, uh, about uh, I, th I think even about ninety four percent customers wanted to speak to to expert when they call in, so they uh, they see that as part of uh, of uh, recognizing um, uh, a quality uh, uh, network provider. Yeah, they. Um, uh, they also uh, recognize that uh, operators which uh, who uh, own network infrastructure deliver better, better network quality. Uh, I think 90% of, of, uh, uh, of our respondents actually said that 
they find companies, they find uh, providers that own their infrastructure to provide a better uh, network quality. Um, on the flip side, uh, you know, they said that uh, uh, network failures are the biggest issue, followed by actually dishonesty. So they're looking for honest, uh, honest and um, um, trustworthy network providers. And uh, I think what I found the most interesting is that 93% uh, of our respondents said that they will pay premium for quality. So I think that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, I think what has changed, the quality is more important than price and quality is, is uh, remembered long uh, after the, the, the price is forgotten. Quality is more important than price. That's interesting. Um, and I think important for service providers to understand because there is this question of how do we make more money uh, off of these new and advanced technologies that we're coming out with. And it's probably good to hear that users are willing to pay more for a better experience. My last question is very broad, but mm -hmm. what other IP or Ethernet trends do you think are important for us to know? Generally, I think growth uh, for connectivity providers have uh, declined uh, uh, since uh, since the pandemic. Uh, we, we see some legacy enterprise uh, telcos um, uh, that uh, have seen the worst decline really because of um, uh, of customers moving from uh, from IPVPNs to 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 internet-based ones, um, maybe uh, you know um, the the private connectivity, including waves and Ethernet, uh, are, are doing a little bit better than that. But generally, there there has been um, decline uh, uh, in the growth. And in the IP space, internet traffic is still growing, but at lower rates, uh, resulting from from um, a flattish kind of IP market. So bandwidth demand has shut up during COVID. Then we've seen um, many companies that have over-provisioned and maybe are now divesting from some of that over-provisioned um, uh, bandwidth and others are hanging on to that bandwidth and, and maybe looking to grow into it. Uh, but generally the traffic uh, growth uh, between uh, now and 2025 is expected to be at about 15 to 20%, uh, whereas before uh, COVID it was about 20 to 30%. But then on the flip side, we have uh, price erosion, which has decreased from 20% to, to 15%, which, which then resulted in that flat market in, uh, on the IP side. However, I think we, we still see uh, quite a lot of opportunities for growth in the, in the IP uh, space. You know, we anticipate there will be um, infrastructure requirements across the board uh, and the internet is, is, you know, is uh, critical to this and uh, especially, um, uh, you know, around those data center environments where connectivity to clouds is, uh, is still a big driver for growth. We're moving into Mexico with, uh, you know, two diverse routes into Mexico and seven pops in, in, in that country. So I think we, we're finding uh, growth areas uh, in, in that IP space, despite there being a, a slower uh, kind of bandwidth uh, growth than, than before uh, pandemic. And uh, for the critical connectivity, I think we've seen much better predictions. Vertical Systems Group, for, for example, has uh, released recently this uh, carrier Ethernet outlook for 2026, uh, where they say that uh, uh, customer demand for 100 gig e ports 
is on pace to triple by 2026 in the US. And the same with bandwidth utilization for US um, uh, Ethernet services, they're saying that that's going to quadruple between 2021 and 2026. So really that critical connectivity uh, space uh, uh, with uh, with uh, the resilience uh, uh, offered uh, by uh, providing those services over the, the, the very high capacity uh, core where we um, uh, have multiple hundred gigs in the network already, we're moving to 400 gigs. Uh, we, we definitely see those as, as growth areas and, and that's where we're going to, to um, invest. Anna, thank you for coming on the podcast and reminding me about the importance of wired connections. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yes, you're welcome. Well Technically is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com.